0: Trilogy. we'll do all that um, all right hello and welcome everyone to <laughs> so this your life depends on it the show where we do something different every single week and this week we went to a mysterious planet in search of a distress beacon with risk of beacon. rain too now um Risky rain. now you may be familiar you may see, hey isn't that one of them fucking rogued likes that you guys never fucking shut up about mm. and to which i say who cares it's fine. Don't worry about it. They're they're all different enough, we will, right? We will right? cover them also, all. Also, uh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, all this wasn't even our idea. This was a guest episode. Speaking of which. Uh as a special guest on this episode, and uh, as filling in for Cam, who is on assignment in Maine, uh, learning about Stephen King for the next month. Um, yeah, I got
1: um, the substitute brother. <laughs> yeah, we uh, have the substitute siblings. Yeah, this yeah. Week. <laughs> Plus, uh, I will
0: take that you title. you say that, that nepotism is a thing on this show, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simply we be have, related to next us.
1: time we'll get Alex's brother. We have <laughs> no. Adam,
0: 57 Leaf Clover. <laughs> Hello.
2: I am not as lucky as that, but I try to be.
1: You tr- you try to you, you try your luck. Yes, oh, I yeah. try to have my Tasty,
3: luck be better. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So we also have sentient meat hook, Alex. Hey, <laughs> how's it going, podcast? We've also got unstable Tesla coil, Seb.
1: What does that one do, Adam?
0: Uh, it zaps things.
1: Okay, I'm going to zap you. <laughs> Zip zapped up.
0: And I'm your host, spare drone parts, Nick. <laughs> so. um... This is our Risk of Rain 2 episode. Uh, we played quite a bit of it over the past week, but one of the kind of wild things that doesn't really happen much anymore about Risk of Rain 2 is that it is a sequel that jumped an entire dimension. Uh, Risk of Rain 1 was a 2D uh, game uh, with uh, you know a, a side-on perspective, uh, and you could you know, see the, basically the whole play field. Uh, With some scrolling, it almost reminds me a little bit of an arcade game the way that you see the play field like looks almost like a little bit like joust or something with the perspective. Hmm. Um, But uh, Risk of Rain 2 is a completely third person 3D action game roguelike. Like you are you are it is a third person shooter for sure. The camera is a little more zoomed out than a lot of third person shooters, but it's fully taking advantage of that third dimension. And that is something that doesn't really happen anymore. You don't really see jumps to 3D much in the modern era. Yeah, and yeah everyone's I thought, already jumped. Everyone's already yeah. Every, if you're going to do it, you've already done it. And if you're going to make a sequel to your successful 2D game, usually you don't uh, redesign the entire fucking thing to be in 3D. I successful
2: mean, is debatable, but that's that's there, semantics. I, I, that I
4: really I'm not am trying to into. think of it. There was an indie game I, um, a couple of years ago that put out a sequel that
3: was this like, is
0: uh, Anodyne. Yes, right? thank you. So, uh, Anodyne it was going to be one of my examples. Anodyne is the only mm. other one I can think of that did this. Anodyne is a really, really interesting indie game. I believe it came out in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Um. And the it, sequel. Yeah.
4: Twenty sixteen. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, but it's uh, the original Anodyne is a top-down Zelda-style game where you are collecting, you know, items to help you get to different areas. With the gimmick of Anodyne being that the glitches are canon, right? Like they want mm. you to use, like, screen shifting to get out of bounds into places that you think you're not supposed to, but are also technically part of the game. Oh, that's there good. are places that l- seem like... L- there are there are items that you need for the 100% ending of the game that you have to go clip out of bounds to get. <laughs> and uh, that is one of the really cool things about Anodyne. Um, and the sequel completely keeps that, but it is a 3D game. It is a 3D game where you can move fast. You're kind of on... Uh, it almost feels like you're like you're roller skating the way your mom- momentum is in that game, and there are it's it's very much kind of like uh, almost like PS2 polygon style as opposed to like yeah. going specifically for a modern look, and you mm-hmm. shrink down to go into certain worlds that look like the the 2D sections from the first game, so it draws oh, the direct comparison it. within itself, um, and it's a it's another just really cool game, but they obviously don't need to do that like if people know you for your successful 2d indie game you don't need to jump to 3d to keep up with the times or whatever people are already there people are already like like bought in on your on your console
3: yeah
1: Yeah, i had um so i played trine and trine 2 which are two little puzzle platformer games which have 3d models but it's a 2d perspective so Mm -hmm. it's 2d um so trine and trine 2 you just you swap between three characters and you solve puzzles with them and then Trine three went to a 3D perspective. Trying 3D, yeah. it was
2: like
0: 2.5D, not
3: yeah. like fully 3D. But it 3D. just wasn't.
0: It
1: didn't. It, it didn't, work. didn't work. No, it
3: changed
0: at all. The, it changed the models, but it didn't change the gameplay style, right? Like you're still I mean, on a 2D plane playing.
1: Well, it's two and a half D. Yeah. So it's like kind of.
0: Like you move the, into the background. The
1: camera's a bit.
2: like it's as if it's a 2D game, but you can move back and forth like it's okay.
4: A, almost like a broad, like a beat-em-up. beat 'em up. Yeah. Yeah. I get that.
1: But it just didn't work out for the puzzles
4: Mm. or anything. Um, Well, adding a whole nother dimension makes things so much more complicated. Yeah, (laughs) that's why why it's such a weird thing
0: to to just do, right? It's to just do it. Um, I read a little bit about the development of this game, and one of the things that they cite as uh, being part of the reason they wanted to switch it up is they wanted to change how the class of the Huntress works. Um, because the Huntress's thing in Risk of Rain One was that she was the only one who was moving and shooting at this the is same true. time, hmm. and so they wanted everyone to be able to do that uh, in the sequel. So they're like, but they're like, okay, this is weird with other characters. How do we make this so that uh, you know moving and shooting feels good and doesn't isn't like too distracting? And uh, they settled on the kind of auto aimy kind of controls for Huntress, and then they were like. Okay, we can do this in 3D. We can do this in 3D mm-hmm. and that will help make the characters that's why more she's unique. So good. And, yeah, she's, uh, yeah. she's the, the one, one the game is based around. Yeah. 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 Because the, the way the huntress works in Risk of Rain 1 is how almost everyone works in Risk of Rain 2. Yeah.
2: At, okay. In Risk of Rain 1, all the characters like when you stop when you shoot, uh you have to like stop to right. actually do the ability mm. like Fury mm-hmm. for shoot. A gun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and in Risk of Rain Risk of Rain 1, she was the only one that could actually move and shoot at the same time. Hmm. Uh, Funny enough, that wasn't enough to make her a good character in the first game, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's besides the point. Right. And then
0: Risk of Rain 2, everybody can move and shoot, but now she can run and shoot at
3: the yeah.
2: same
0: time. Yeah, that makes a, and that makes a, a big difference, especially considering her movement speed. Um, but before we dip too much into just talking about the thing that's the actual topic of the episode, Alex, I wanted to know if you had a, a yeah, 2D but... to 3D transition that comes to mind for you
4: uh hmm. I mean, I the biggest, most obvious ones to me are of course the Nintendo 64 duo of Ocarina of *Time* and
0: mm-hmm. uh, *Mario 64*. I mean, basically inventing the way we think about action games right, right. down to the camera no, for a oh, yeah, long yeah, yeah. time. And I mean, the I, DNA is there in everything, including this game.
4: Uh, yeah, and they are like probably two of the most elegant examples of doing that because <laughs> yeah, like two every of the most other
1: successful games of all time. Every
4: other mascot platformer tried to do that. Mm -hmm. With varying degrees of success, right? Anyone uh, that that beat
0: Mario sixty four to market did it wrong, which is very funny. (laughs) Um, uh, Crash Bandicoot's solution, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they just barely kind of beat. Uh, uh, Mario 64 to market, but they didn't know what it was going to be like yeah, when they that's were developing Yeah, just a side-scroller yeah, with left and right. exactly. They don't really <laughs> yeah. take advantage of it's the like third dimension. It's like a forward-scroller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it could, the same thing could be done on a 2D-style plane if you were willing to c- make separate lanes that you could move your character into, yeah. almost like fucking Temple Run or something. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs>
1: Nintendo did have the advantage of having their analog stick, and the PlayStation did not have that yet.
0: Yeah, well, they were developing it specifically for 3D movement because they thought the D-pad wasn't going to be good enough, which which and they it wasn't were right. So it was. Uh, <laughs> Who'd yeah. A thunk? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, we love to joke, make fun of Mario 64 on this podcast, but it is out of a place of love for sure. Like, yeah. uh, that game, like. It
1: shouldn't have worked. It should have been a rougher transition for both that and Zelda, but somehow they nailed it the first yeah, time. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And um, them uh, making sure, like, they're like, oh, well, Mario jumps, so we don't want Link to be able to jump because that'll make it too similar to our other game. And then because of that, they, like, invented two distinct styles of, like, controlling the camera and, like, uh, manipulating things and and dealing with with enemies and dealing with environments and, like, how to organize a video game as a language at all. And, like, if you think about it, like, um, the central gameplay of Zelda does not change all that much. Like, you're you're yeah. still moving from room to room, discovering items, using it to solve puzzles and all that, uh, with uh, movement just being a new benefit to uh, that. But yeah, Mario about... is, like, a complete shift, Sorry. right? Like, so, because, yeah. like, the goal of Mario used to be before... Um... Get to the right side yeah. of the screen. Yeah, exactly. Generally. Get... Like,
4: Mario World expanded it a little bit with mm-hmm. alternate exits and keys and stuff, but mm-hmm. it still was get to the end of the
0: stage. Right. <laughs>
4: Yeah, which is a
1: good thing they they were able to keep that in some capacity, you know, because they have the other 2D games now, or 2D style games.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I think they make the right call by going like, okay, you need, your objective cannot be directly clear from the start, or it needs to, you know. This is a big map, and we can put a
4: bunch of little objectives inside of it. Yes,
0: figuring Mm. out how to get to the end is part of it. It's not just a direction, usually, unless you're playing on Tall Tall Mountain, in which case (laughs) the direction is up. You have to get to the top, it's always up. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I mean because Mario 64 I feel like focuses a lot more on
0: the platforming aspect of like the previous Mario's Mm -hmm. uh, platforming because Right the way you're moving the character around is still that is the thing that does carry over it's not like you can say oh Mario 64 is that even a Mario game or whatever like it's (laughs) that's not really a factor it's more like just the way you uh, move what you want to accomplish with this character who is still a little guy who jumps around is different from before yeah, I, um, another thing that
4: came to mind, which is definitely a uh, dumb, pedantic detail, but I was also thinking of, like, uh, kind of the evolution of the first-person shooter a little bit, because mm-hmm. Doom is not is not technically a 3D game, even though it is mm-hmm. kind of 3D.
0: Right, you can't really look up. Yeah. So it, I, I, it's two-dimensional I, in a different way.
4: <laughs> a lot of though, that era of Everything shooter. Everything is sprite, also. Mm-hmm. It was like There's a, not,
1: like, 3D models. Yeah.
4: yeah. It's interesting to see that. That kind of developer. Like, I'm sp- thinking specifically like Doom to Quake, where yeah. it's like the big evolution is. You can look up. <laughs> you have to yeah. aim at things, <laughs> and you can look down. That's a big <laughs> yeah. one too. Yeah.
0: Looking down and firing at your own feet is a huge. Oh yeah, true, 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 true. It's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Adam, do you have a do you have a, something that comes to mind in terms uh, of two D to three D transition?
2: Uh, following again on the Nintendo uh-huh. uh, idea would be Metroid uh, going from like you That's know two D
0: Metroid to Metroid mm-hmm. Prime. Fucking took their sweet ass time with that mm-hmm. one, and I I know why. We have heard something yeah, we were yeah, joking yeah. about before the uh, theme song because. Uh,
2: because with like the original metroids it was like you know your classic metroidvania like yeah, one half of the metroidvania name or you know you're going around room to room it's all on a 2d plane but then as soon as they made the swap switch to like metroid prime mm-hmm. it became like this suddenly they just went all in with the atmosphere and everything it's still like the same general sort of uh, the the, game the actions,
0: like the verbs you're using to get through gameplay, are the same. Yeah, it's, it's just, just yeah, the, it's just a different perspective.
1: Yeah,
2: it's a way different perspective. Sure, you can't like do some crazy stuff with like shine spark and <laughs> jumping 500 feet in yeah. the air. What was it? They they were having
1: trouble with the morph ball. Yeah,
2: they were having trouble with morph. And in definitely. the
0: end, I think that their solution was like really elegant, like what they did with mm-hmm. the mor- morph ball, where uh, like just kind of having the the transition be like more gradual having like the run up the two steps into the morph ball or the two steps out wow. and like being able to fit all these puzzles in there and like using momentum and physics in a way that they couldn't really do in the 2d games technology had improved so much in that way to be able to simulate physics like having a half pipe that you could boost ball yeah. your way up was a gigantic deal yeah
2: yeah and then like once again going back it's like the absolute atmosphere that a 3d game can provide that 2d games can't really provide I mean, super metroid could provide a pretty good atmosphere of like horror you're being it's less immersive it's less immersive definitely because when you first get out of the ship in Metroid Prime, you we look up and it's raining. And you can see the little raindrop that's on your visor, which is yeah, like, That's the, the thing that, I mean, obviously
0: people our age are always going to bring that up as like, oh, what was the moment that you were like the most impressed about technology in a video game? It's like, oh, when you when your visor fogged up in, in Metroid Prime, I think it's like 90% of people our age's mm-hmm. yeah, answer to cool. something well, like that. that trick still works. I yeah, absolutely. It still yeah. works. And it's not like that was like incredibly technologically impressive. It's more like the idea to do it. That yeah. makes it work. Yeah. No, and that... I don't
1: know who came up with the blood spatter on the screen, because that takes me out of it. I'm like, I'm not going to see blood spatter. On the... I don't think that's <laughs> meant on for my immersion. Eyeball. That's de- that's no.
0: game design
2: only. Uh, I don't I do like think it, They want to show a health bar without having a health bar. Yeah. I hate that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that the like level design is a lot less elegant in Metroid Prime, uh, mm. but that's just like a growing pains thing. I Absolutely, think. it's this a consequence
0: true. of having to design a real 3D space that you can't really fudge. Like, you can't... uh, I I
4: don't think 3D games got as good and labyrinthine labyrinthine Mm -hmm. as like a good metroidvania until i want to say until dark souls (laughs) wow that was that was where i really noticed like oh this is as good as a 2d game could be so what you're saying is dark
2: souls is the metroid of metroidvania
0: oh fuck
4: (laughs) well they
2: oh i'm gonna have to include that (laughs) sentence in the episode (laughs) sorry i had to do it i had to do it to him
1: um yeah um so we've talked about nintendo's very graceful
3: um, uh-huh. Oh yeah! League. All right, uh, <laughs> I, want, I can't wait. We're talking one. Bubsy. <laughs> <It's a laughs> oh, Bubsy yeah. 3D, baby!
0: How
1: Controls. bad could it An be? interesting,
0: interesting. <laughs> what could possibly
4: go wrong? What were you going to uh, say, uh,
0: so?
1: Um So, I'm obligated to bring up as the resident Sonic nerd. Oh. Um, I'm obligated to bring up Sonic Extreme, mm-hmm. which was going to be Sonic's move into um, 3D on the Saturn. What
0: are you talking but, about? I'm sure I remember some kind of 3D blast.
1: Yeah there, was a, yeah, there was a 3D blast, or what was it? It's also called Sh- Sonic Shuffle, and yeah. Sonic...
0: Developed by
4: Traveler's Something
0: Tales, I believe.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's super weird. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, that's a bizarre game, which also isn't really 3D. It's more no, like an it's, isometric... It's, 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 a... it's,
0: it's, I was just being a shit. It's a
4: total no, cheat, it, and it doesn't like, really um, count at all.
1: So, it's like Sonic Labyrinth, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's
4: like any of those awful ZX Spectrum games.
0: Yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> yes, uh, Isometric uh, perspective does not make your game 3D. Yeah, but so... then you had um, Sonic Virtual Fighter... <laughs> Well, yeah, I wouldn't count that either. No, but I, uh, I, I'll wait to talk about Virtual Fighter until until uh, you're all, you're yeah. all set. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, so um, Sonic Extreme was going to be Sonic's jump onto the Saturn in 3D, um, and I think it would have beaten Mario to, to the 64. Um, yeah, Saturn. Yeah, it, Saturn, probably would
0: have, it probably would have come Saturn out Saturn
1: 64 Dreamcast. Yeah. Well, yeah, but
0: I mean, the, the, it wasn't going to make Saturn's launch, so oh, it, no. it might have been contemporary. Yeah, and then they, of they, course, they might, It would have been extremely funny if they both came out the same, like, winter or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, Um. The, the Saturn was notoriously botched, like the marketing and, oh, and everything yeah, was notoriously everything botched in America. Um. So, so was Sonic Extreme. They gave Sonic Extreme to Sega of America to work on, but then you had several teams in Japan and America basically creating two different games <laughs> um, and
0: then every time sega of america sends their stuff to sega of japan to be like okay can you approve this so that we can keep working on it? they're
1: like no nah, yeah no we're not and going then to sonic team that. was or yeah sonic team was like oh we have this um engine for knights that we just made um why don't we work off of that that would be great and then the creator of knights was like no fuck off but he still <laughs> worked there yujinaka still worked there mm-hmm. um So, uh, yeah, so they had to do it from the ground up, do it with several different teams. People were getting sick. People were like going to the fucking hospital, sleeping under their desks, um, until finally they had to cancel the project. But, um, I I won't go at length about this because it really is a story. Like, do look it up. It's awful. It's it is the, the epitome point is they of how get
0: over the finish line. Yeah, they, like they, they, it was not an easy thing to do. It's not something you just do to put your game into three yeah. D. Oh, there
1: was going to be a character. Um, what was it? Her, her name was Bubinski. Literally, <laughs> Bubinski. Uh, Hell
3: yeah! yeah. Lynx. I think
1: she was a lynx, and That's she was going to be a game. princess, like kind of akin to Princess Sally, who was going to be in there. Weird. Um, and I think she was going to be another playable character. No, Somebody recently I'm found a playable demo the, the of gameplay this game.
0: Stuff is. Aren't you basically like running on pillars and stuff, like things with their own localized gravity?
1: Yeah, and it's. Wait, the so way it moves is um, kind of like Sonic Lost World, actually. Yeah, I was
0: about to say yeah. that. that. Isn't that like Proto Sonic a call, Lost World? Yeah, yeah.
1: Proto Sonic Lost World, but also a little bit Sonic 3D Blast. Um, yeah,
0: so all of the things that have taken inspiration from this uh, 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 canceled Sonic project have not been very good, which is funny. funny yeah, in they its could right. not get it down. Yeah. Like,
1: even in the demo that somebody found, even the early build, yeah, they're like, wow, this does not really fun. work like, so, great. <laughs> like, yeah, so Which is such a funny thing to be Might like, be a good this... thing it got scrapped, and we got Sonic uh, the Fighters and Sonic R, uh-huh. um, which I guess was, honestly, Sonic's actual first jump into 3D, which, I mean, it's Right, but I mean, game, like, so I guess what
0: we're talking about, though, is like trans... trans- lading the gameplay mm-hmm. of 2D Sonic into 3D, yeah, which they didn't, didn't really do until Adventure, yeah. and even then they were kind of cheating.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- by Adventure, Sonic or uh, Mario had come out, so they're uh-huh. like, "Oh, let's us do like a castle, but it's Adventure fields, mm-hmm. right?" Yeah. Um, and then, but we Being can get quests. To, yeah. Yeah. Station Square, do not really quests, but you can talk to people. Um, yeah, you go to Station Square, you go pick to up Mr. the, the Groom, statue of the guy, and it did work out pretty it's well it's, it's janky but it did work boxes.
3: out <laughs> yeah
1: um i but in doing so they like made the environments so weird like now you have real people uh-huh, now you yeah. have real life um and they beat just, mario to that I one never hate, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> yes. I think i, I remember think it hearing... can
4: truly
0: be a sega game unless it's a little bit shitty which i think is sure. kind of the charm honestly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i
2: mean i feel like a uh, general rule of thumb with sega games is that the game plays not too good or like it it Gameplay can vary greatly,
0: but mm-hmm. the music is always like <laughs> now that I will notch. agree with. I yeah. think Usually the has music is to always notch. on point, so yeah. Like yeah. sound team, I don't think, I don't except
4: think, except when has they handed it over once.
1: to BioWare to make Sonic Chronicles. Oh, well, that mm.
3: wasn't them, yeah.
4: So, yeah, uh, so there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. but, I, uh, I do have one more example yeah, to throw of course. out. Um, I was just thinking, uh, I have not played much of the original MSX uh, Metal Gear games, yeah. but Metal Gear. 2 to Metal Gear Solid is such an interesting thing to look at. because And it's also cheating, because they don't actually
0: remember. go into 3D until 2. <laughs> yeah. Because Metal Gear Solid 1 is basically the same as a top-down game, yeah. of outside of certain sections where you go like, to behind-the-back perspective. the are it is right. still kind of, yeah. It fixed does not perspective require stuff. the analog stick from you like some games yeah. of the era did. You know, like using that, using a D-pad for Metal Gear Solid doesn't feel weird because at its heart, it's still a 2D game. Mm -hmm. still not really analog. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just thinking how long it
4: took, I was just, I've been just listening to a podcast on Mm -hmm. Metal Gear Solid 5 and thinking like, that's how long it took, well, for a little bit, but that's how long it took to get away from like top down. Like, like even three kind of is like that. Mm -hmm. It's more of a zoomed out third person, but those games are still almost games you could put on. (laughs) <laughs> like a top down yeah. pixel game. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's an interesting era on the PlayStation which I feel wasn't on the as much on the other early 3D consoles, but on the early PlayStation you have all these like 2D and pseudo 2D games and pseudo 3D games that really mark the transition.
3: Yes.
0: It's a really
1: wild yeah. well, gradient. Yeah. Sony like had, Castlevania, had a lot it's like, of money. Oh no, we're just Sony doing
3: had a lot of talent,
0: but Sony didn't have a vision for what they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, I'm going to give you a lot of money and we're going to make it really easy to, to put out games, but we don't have a directive for what they're supposed to be. And because of that, people did what they thought the future was going to be, which was like, you know, versions of the games that we already had, which is not a weird thing to, to try, you know? Yeah. Like the most three, Let's make the most clash. that's what, that was, that, was what I said. <laughs> that was the craziest thing that they tried was jumping flash, yeah. a 3D platformer where you're in first person, yeah, which is like weird because even then, but without the analog control, it still does feel very rigid. Um, but uh, the thing that the lens that I look at this through, of course, is fighting games. Now, mm. fighting games were uh, when set the genre is set in stone by Street Fighter II in 1991. Um, you have Like, you have just this explosion of fighting games. You have this incredible amount of fighting games, this gigantic boom that nobody could ever possibly contain or even accurately describe. And then you get to, uh, right when the 3D is happening, and people's ideas for how to make fighting games 3D was they're like, well, you can't, I mean, like, what are you going to do? Step into the background? They had already done that, by the way, in Fatal Fury, uh, you could step into the background but you come right back. It's like it's just like a quick. It's step. Like a like, punch out dodge. Yeah, it's sort of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you <laughs> could, It was okay. like a punch out dodge if you could attack when you were coming back from yeah, the dodge. Oh, that's fun. It's it's some cool stuff. Yeah, it's called they called it plane shifting, and <laughs> that was their main thing uh, for for some of the Fatal Fury games. But um, uh, when three D was actually happening, the first three D fighting game that is credited is. Uh, Virtual Fighter, but what they mean by that is only three D models because in the first Virtual yeah, Fighter, still set, you cannot step into the, into the into the background her. or foreground. Um. Uh. So essentially, you're still fighting on a two D plane, even though it is three D. There is what a full three D model. Three D balls. Three D <laughs> is later. Balls three D is like way later. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. Uh. But um, Sega had a Sega had one called um. I want to say it was. Uh, dark mace or something like that (laughs) dark mace yeah uh (laughs) so but it was um that was the first uh it was like dark mace or dark arts or something i'm gonna look it up in just one second but that one was the before virtual fighter and it was all all sprites but think of it it like doom where the it has like a scrolling background that you move on you could move in eight directions there it was fully 3d but it wasn't it didn't work like playing it is not good, but they were the first ones to be like, okay, what if you could deliver a kick from any angle and it's like, well oh, no. oh, shit, how does that work? How do we make it balanced how do we make it so that you can see what's going on at all times and you can tell what's happening even the first Tekken doesn't have sidestepping. it takes until Tekken two to get to sidestepping to yeah. where you can you they use that 3d space effectively and I think that uh fighting games as a genre have always had trouble with making 3d something that you can defend against from multiple angles. Cause like if somebody can come at you, not just from high or low, but also left side, right side, you know, if you don't, as long as you, if you just make a universal block, then why the fuck do you even bother having the sides at all? And I think that something like, uh, the first soul caliber or soul edge really goes into exactly making that truly matter. Like later virtual fighters also do, but like, The idea that if you walk around somebody and you get to the side and you grab them from the side, it does more damage. So they want to turn themselves so that they face you and you have moves that swing your weapon horizontally to catch people stepping side to side, but vertically, if they were jumping for some reason and you want to catch them to do that. (laughs) So where the, the axis that is, the action is happening on actually matters. Like, I think that that is really cool and uh, Capcom, for their part, they just sidestepped the issue entirely. They did eventually make a 3D fighting game, but only after everyone else had already done it. Yeah, uh, they were they like, didn't need to innovate. No, anymore. they didn't. <laughs> they were like, well, we'll just make gorgeous sprites because that will set us apart from the pack, and it did. Uh, and they did fine enough. And then they were like, once 3D was getting really big, they're like, well, we don't need Street Fighter anymore. We have Resident Evil, so like, who gives a shit? Like, 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 why would we need to try and make our old stuff good in 3D? If our new 3D stuff works just fine, like get with the times, old timer. Yeah. Like, like who cares? Leon's the hot man. Yeah, right
3: now. absolutely.
1: Put him in Street Fighter. <laughs> you know, there uh, was probably like a
2: someone in the boardroom that was like thinking of that. Mm. <laughs> they suggested somebody what?
1: suggested DLC with uh, with him in it. Yeah, Nemesis they,
2: T-type in <laughs> Nemesis game. is
0: in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, 3. there you go. Yeah, he's 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 really fun oh uh, man Cam, Cam's screaming at his at his, at his phone right now listening to this episode he's like Nemesis is in Marvel alright <laughs> but uh, before I go on about Obscure Save Fighting Games I think yeah. that we should transition into our own version of 3D which is our second segment oh, wow and we'll see you after the break
1: we're going into the future
3: The cold silence of space only punctuates the feeling of death that emanates from
0: this virtually lifeless planet. Only one thing is alive and well here. Evil. And it must be destroyed, decimated, exterminated.
3: But first must be found.
1: with a Mensa license plate today. And oh, I was wow. like, oh, wow. Yeah, you're, you're so Dude, much more. Uh, did honestly, you hit him? Like, it, that's, 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 honestly, <laughs> yeah, I was right behind him. I probably think,
4: could have. You
0: up. think you're so smart. Get out of this one. That honestly makes <laughs> me think. Tell When I see stuff like that, it makes me think like, wow, I'm smarter than them because Mensa seems like a giant scam. <laughs> it does. Like, yeah, you, like got, you pay like you how much? Test, you you an
1: test. You have a certain IQ and they're like, you're in the group. Yeah, you, you get... pay
0: You pay how much, though, for the registration card and everything like that? Mm-hmm. You pay every month? Like, it's a fucking subscription box service, except they just send you a yeah. piece of paper that tells you you're smart every um, month?
1: Our grandfather had, like, these Mensa cards um, laying around the house. I don't know where they went, mm-hmm. but I think our grandfather was in there was <laughs>
2: They went in the shredder. Dad doesn't want that part of our history coming back. You. Yeah. <laughs> no, the,
4: the dark side of Dad the family. Was,
1: <laughs> he would sooner jump off a cliff than shred literally any piece of paper. <laughs> We've got like old articles from, I don't know, like CNN.com from like 2001 and about Bush. Out.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jet.
0: Uh, You probably should hang on to those. I think they're gonna come back in vogue pretty soon. Um, (laughs) That article you like is coming back in in vogue. Welcome back everyone. Please don't listen to this, your life depends. On the show we do something different every week. Adam, that's our special guest this week. You asked us to play some Risk of Rain 2. Can you give us the rundown on why you wanted us to play it, what you like about it? And uh, what we're doing here this week.
1: Yeah, give a little bit of the uh, story, too. Because uh, you told me this before, and I remembered it vaguely when I was actually playing the game. I was like, oh, it's the brother. Start it's with, the brother. I kill him. Start with why
4: it, you picked it for us. Yeah, yes.
2: All right. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I mean... Uh, why I picked it? Uh, I just think it's a fun game, really. Good <laughs> reason. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it doesn't need game. to
0: be more complicated yeah. than that, we've, listeners. <laughs>
4: we've been joking on the show anytime we cover a roguelike that we're just slowly going to cover every mm-hmm. single one of them. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that at least. On yeah, my yeah, list, eventually is uh,
0: what is. I have a spelunky episode I'm waiting on, and I'm waiting specifically to do it because I think it would be really funny if in the first segment we tried to rank all the roguelikes we played. Uh, so, <laughs> I've got. I definitely I think, have a ranking been, in mind. Yeah. I we mean, I. five seconds. In my
2: personal <laughs> opinion, I th- I would rank probably Risk of Rain at the top 1% of mm-hmm. all roguelikes that I've played so far. I still haven't played well, Spelunky. I probably yeah, you've played a bunch of them, haven't you? Like, I've you played a played, lot. You've played a lot of these I've played Binding Games. of Isaac. I've played uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. I've played Risk of Rain, Risk of Rain 2. Uh, Hades. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Won't be the last time that gets brought up on this show, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it will keep getting brought up if I keep recommending roguelikes. <laughs> uh no but uh is noita roguelike noita, noita? Uh, it's,
1: yes or school School, s- school. It, it's kind
2: of it's it's weird noita's weird kind of roguelike where yeah. it's like you i would still count it but yeah. yeah it's it's a roguelike in the sense that you know everything's randomized when you spawn in it's permadeath all that stuff
1: mm-hmm.
2: but you're intended to play noita like over a long period of time each run is supposed to last like Hours upon hours.
1: Oh, okay. Because, gotcha. like, there's... It's like EVE Online.
0: Yes. <laughs> pretty much.
1: Except you don't lose your real money.
0: EVE Online isn't a roguelike unless you really galaxy brain yourself into that. <laughs> that would be an incredibly funny way to look at the game, though. It's like Excel spreadsheets. When I look at an Excel themselves spreadsheet, themselves I feel the stress it. of, like, it my, it is my run ending? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they uh,
1: say, before you die, Excel spreadsheets flash before your eyes. <laughs>
2: Uh, but the deal with the Risk of Rain Two is that well, it's a it's a three D roguelike. You uh, are one of several survivors that lands on this uh, very hostile planet uh, that has been officially named Petrichor Five. In the first game, it didn't have a name, but now it's uh, Petrichor Five.
0: Now this name it, comes from a suggestion from people talking about the soundtrack because they wanted. Uh, yes. Uh, they were like, yes. should, we should name? We want to name this song Petrichor 5. And they're like, "Oh, that's a good name. We should use that for the planet." <laughs> yeah, because.
2: Uh, Chris, the composer, he made... One of the songs was uh, titled, like, I think it was uh, Sounds from Petrichor or something. Yeah. And then everybody was like, yo, that's a good name. Is the planet named Petrichor? And And they were like, like, no, but yeah, let's go with that. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So now it's that. Um, First game, as was explained earlier, it was a 2D side-scrolling roguelike Mm -hmm. uh, that, in my honest opinion, it was fun, but only a handful of people knew about it and... If you did know about it, it was hard to get multiplayer going because you had to do port forwarding and all this oh stuff. Oh, Minecraft. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like the smart people they were, they decided, you know what, let's just make another game. And then they did it, and it was amazing. The and first it,
0: game was a success, though, I should it, say. It like, was it enough was of a like, success yeah. to warrant a second game. Right. Yeah. But, but I heard was... people, uh, when Risk of Rain first came out, I was hearing people talk about it all the time. Maybe this is just because I spend too much time, uh, you know, in dusty basements with heat, the kind of person who would play risk of rain. Yeah, but um, (laughs) it's really weird. But uh, I heard, uh, I heard a lot of buzz around risk of rain when it was coming out as almost like, so there is a certain kind of person who gets really into monster hunter co-op. And there was another, at this time, there was another certain kind of person who got really into risk of rain co-op and was like, okay, you know, I'm setting up a thread and here's, you know, here's my IP thing. That you can come to me and we'll run through this together. And this is what I do every night. This is the game I play every night. And that's like, I, I think that to come from not a gigantic studio background and, and have that kind of success is pretty remarkable. Yeah, it and definitely And it, it doesn't really play like other roguelikes, even Risk of Rain originally, because you're not doing a ton of exploring. The maps are relatively small. The maps are small. They're really
1: homogenous, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: they do have, like, small little secrets
2: that you can get into. Right. Like, in the first game, there were, like, s- secret little side tunnels where you could find mm-hmm. artifacts. Or uh, my favorite secret was in first one, there was this big bridge level. Mm-hmm. And on the top level, there was a bush where if you held up, it would give, bring you to a Maple Story reference <laughs> where you just farm pigs the entire time. That's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... as. Yeah, I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> well,
3: we were you talking forgot about
2: my name? The sequel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we we're talking about the sequel. Mm-hmm. The thing that this episode is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And in the translation to 3D, some of that some of those low secret things were lost, but also like, you know, they had brought in like little nooks and crannies where you could find these statues where you could donate like a single lunar coin, and then it'd bring you to this secret place where you could buy things for more lunar coins. And then There was another secret place at the bottom of that secret place where you could go to, and then you could go to a different dimension. (laughs) You could run that, and then it could bring you to another dimension if you have the DLC, and it just, like, they really just expanded and expanded upon the first game a lot, not just in, like, inflating it to a third dimension, but also, like, just how things interact with each other. Mm -hmm. First game, it was just you run through each level, you get to the end, or you do a loop, and then you keep going. Second one, you can keep looping, but then you also have, like, three other ways to end the game. Four, if you uh, have the DLC, Mm -hmm. which also adds in another game mode, because this game also has additional game modes. (laughs) Really, they just... Second Risk of Rain was, like, they took everything they wanted to do with the first one, I feel, and then just made it happen, and then some, which probably puts the second game above the first game
0: in like most
4: every yeah. regard in my opinion yeah, this
0: game came out in the middle of 2020 right risk of rain 2 yeah this is did. new yeah that new? yeah it's fairly new wow yeah. Yeah. not to it's, say it, it doesn't look so it, but it i figured had it was been a, in, a couple it, years older than it that It had been in development for a long while
2: hmm. yeah when they had first announced that they were developing the game back in like god i don't remember it, it was a while ago.
1: And they kickstarted it, too.
2: They did kickstart there's, it. Uh, there's a,
1: their... um, an achievement in the game where if you get a certain amount of gold, which is the same as their Kickstarter goal, <laughs> um, then it's like, funded. Oh, <laughs> I did, yeah,
4: that's I, did, fun. I think I got that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got that achievement, but I didn't clock anything about it. That, that's funny.
2: And I do yeah. remember like seeing their first post about it where they were like, hey, we're moving into 3D. I was like, "Oh, 3D? Why? Uh, what right. are you doing? Oh, you're they, gonna ruin it! <laughs> you're gonna ruin it!" It was like, "Oh no! You made it better." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oops. They
4: had a, it seems like they had a real <laughs> solid grasp on what made their game fun and were able to translate those things while adding a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do, the art
1: in both games. I haven't played the first one, but I have seen art from it, and art from this game is really good, and and it still like carries over, like the palettes and the theming, um, and the music. The music's fucking great.
4: The music always slaps. So I just want to outline for anyone who hasn't played the game what kind of the basic structure is. Yes. Um from my understanding, obviously, uh we uh land with our escape pod as our chosen character or characters, you can play this co-op. Uh and you are exploring six maps? Yes. That can... the
0: number goes up if your difficulty goes up, right? Uh no. The nope.
2: the deal is you can uh, do six, six maps in total but on the fifth map you have an option to loop where you can oh like, okay, yeah, okay. I, n- I never showed you guys that when we were playing together yeah but because can... on
1: that map is when we started having the connection problems <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah again
2: uh but you can like switch the teleporter so that instead of sending you to the moon it sends you back to, to the, the planet start. again cool and then you could just keep doing that over and over and just become this self-proposal god but <laughs> <And laughs> yeah so you're
4: you're taking uh you're killing monsters that spawn randomly um to collect money to open chests uh, eventually you're like one objective is to find the teleporter to move on to the next level uh you are powering up the teleporter by beating a boss and surviving a combat gauntlet uh while it charges up and then you're going to the next zone to do the same thing again uh the last level is a little different which i'm sure we'll talk about <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah that's kind of the shape of the game yeah at least is. from the way and, that uh, no, 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 much definitely. i got
0: through right and um <laughs> It it kind of piggybacks off of the plot of the first one, very loose plot of like, hey, uh, well the the plot is loose from the perspective of somebody who's not reading all the logs. But if you're reading all the logs, it's very clear that they thought about all this shit like a lot. Oh, that's like, great. Uh, yeah, there,
2: there's a lot of uh, deep lore. In, yeah, like,
0: yeah if You're you, one every, of those. There's people.
1: like a coffee cup, and it's got like a whole thing. Yeah, on it.
2: yeah, exactly. I mean, the it's coffee like, cup is pretty much just uh, one of Brewster's mugs that yeah, you're yeah. from yeah. from yeah. Animal Crossing. Oh, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But, but um. Uh, You know, there is a distress beacon coming from this planet, but this planet is basically like this planet is basically like uh, like an endangered wildlife habitat for creatures that were uh, are being saved Ah. from their home planets because they were thought to be too dangerous or too endangered to uh, survive anywhere else. And they're being kept in this place and being strengthened by this uh, weird this weird guy and his weird brother. Uh, and and the weird guy the the first weird guy the first weird guy is the
2: final boss of the first game right yeah the first weird guy is the final boss of the first game he's the one that's bringing all the animals and other beings over the weird brother mm-hmm. uh was banished to the moon because mm-hmm. he wanted to kill all the animals because he doesn't classic li- story
0: yeah i yeah. banished cam to the moon uh that's not, why he's not this on the show yeah. this week oh i thought yeah. you
1: banished him to the main
0: i i did actually there was oh, a, there was okay. a typo in my initial spell so I, I, had a, I had a problem <laughs> It's classic. you gotta you got got check your spell syntax <laughs> yeah absolutely every time but um yeah backslash instead of a forward slash. <laughs> but like when you're coming into the game <laughs> like the for the first time especially uh us having not played the uh, the first game, like we're just like oh uh, you know you watch the intro distress call uh, distress beacon talks about there being tons of monsters and and danger on this planet. Uh, and it Has
1: such a good opening shot, very too. good. It's opening. got like the you know your big ship just rolling in. Uh, uh-huh. It was really good, but then I started getting annoyed because it played it every time I started a game, <laughs> and you I... can skip it, but you have to wait for it to start to skip it.
0: Mm. Well. Uh, the the set you don't need that much of a setup and what I enjoyed even though the um, option was there for them I'm, I appreciate after playing too many of these fucking games I appreciate that they didn't really contextualize playing the game over and over again like they yeah. sort of do but oh. they sort they, they 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 mostly don't like when you win the game or when you die it doesn't go like back into the mines or whatever you know it doesn't like give in in universe context yeah, for why you would have be playing some kind again of
1: like... Oh, you died in Necrodancer. Uh, you got spat back out of the cave. Moonlighter, you got spat back out of the cave. Hades. The Spelunky,
0: it says, like, the walls are shifting again, and you, like, reincarnate up at the yeah. top. Yeah, it's just a little too cheeky, I think. You don't yeah. really need that. You don't, <laughs> and this game this game <laughs> yeah. shows that you don't need that, and, like, there are, like, you know, mysterious magics and technology that would have made the perfect yeah. opportunity for doing that if you wanted to, it, it is... and they it don't, and I'm, I, I think yeah. that in terms of premise... After playing too many of these, that I was very... I really was re- like, it you know, It is fine to have a that. game system just be a game system. It does yeah. not have to be contextualized. <laughs>
4: thank it, God. If
1: you have a lore-heavy game like Hades, it makes sense. But like Necrodancer, I don't care. Honestly.
3: Mm. Or, well, or, or care. if the game
4: is simply very fun, I won't think about it. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> it's a video game. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: and this game is very fun. I, th- yeah. which I th- So Alex, uh, you were already talking a little bit. Why don't you uh, give right. us your, um, your rundown?
4: I had a lot of fun with this. Um, I have traditionally been a roguelike skeptic. Um, and I think that if I had known that this game was a 3D third-person shooter, I would have played it much sooner. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, um, I, my, I, Actually, well, what I first saw of this game was Nick playing it a couple of days before I got a chance to sit down with it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's what this
0: game is like? <laughs> and yeah. I got, suddenly got much more excited. Mm, the first thing that I ever saw of it, I went to look up some gameplay footage when I uh, realized we were going to be doing it. And the first thing I saw was a character in a environment that was way, way too big for them and not uh, not necessarily filled with stuff. And I... Something about that makes me feel so cool. Like, I'm like, wow, that game is so cool. Like, when like, it, it's a trick that works an on me, like, empty world. Every, yeah, like <laughs> an empty world, but the world is really big. Like, and, and I don't mean like there's a ton of space for you to cover, but I mean more that, like, the scale the of the objects of in everything. there. Yeah. It's yeah. so the
2: classic Dark Souls experience. Oh, uh, like, well, I mean, is bigger Dark than... Souls,
0: the spaces you're moving in are actually really compact, even though they give yeah. you nice things off in the distance. Yeah. But uh, for me, the thing, the comparison that jumped into mind uh, immediately was uh, Xenoblade 1. Has like when you move out into open areas, it's like, oh shit! I real the world I'm on really is a giant yeah. guy. Like it's huge. It's so mo- much more massive than I could ever possibly hope to cover in you know this amount of time. Oh, so you are old, actually uh, on a guy. The old yeah, Bethesda yeah. Vista when you come yeah, out absolutely. of the t- starting area and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, here's that all robot, of the stuff you, you can, can do. climb it.
4: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Skyrim. Um, but yeah, no. So that was one thing that I'm like, oh, I'm incredibly excited to play this now that mm-hmm. I know it's a, a 3D game and I can shoot things. Um, I mean, that's really all you do. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I I don't super love roguelikes because I think like it the learning curve, it takes so long to really get your head around it where it's like, oh, I have to play this game for 20 hours before I'm good enough to beat it. And that's the case for a lot of these. This one, maybe not so much uh, uh, as I'll get into. But um, I was just excited to have a weird, different perspective on this because so many of these games are either... Um, top-down like Binding of Isaac or side-scrollers like uh, insert other one example there. <laughs> um, but uh, I love to shoot a thing in a video game, so it's I was immediately drawn in by like, oh, alright, cool, this guy's got a shotgun, you got like SMGs, it's like, alright, perfect. Um, I dropped in as the first basic guy because I think you might only have one character starting. Yeah, you start with two. You all start right.
0: with uh, Commando and Huntress. I never played as the Huntress. Or if you have so.
1: the... Um... If you have the DLC, Railgunner will actually already be unlocked. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I, yeah. So
4: I started as the Commando, and
0: the I'm Commando's like, got a really great start, starting yeah. set of, uh, of abilities. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, commando's like the one you play to like get he's the yourself Mario. eased in. Into- he is yeah, the, yeah, Mario, he's, but, like, he's the Mario, but the Mario of. But, like, having the basic ass dodge roll as something that other characters just straight up don't have is really cool. Yeah, I made a lot of juice out of that dodge. I really enjoyed that. Especially
4: in a 3D game, having Mm -hmm. a dodge like that where you can, like, jump to the left and then dodge like like that. Or you can use it forward to cross a gap. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Yeah, that was one thing I missed going from the Commando to the Huntress, even though I very much like the Huntress, was that her dash only goes forward. Mm -hmm. But the Commando can go any direction.
4: Yeah, and then when I what, I didn't unlock too many upgrades because you can do like you can hover over a little upgrade and it'll tell you the objective you have to do to unlock it, which is cool. Um, the only one I got on Commando changed his dash into a slide, which cool. I was like, oh, I immediately used it once, and I'm like, oh, because we were Seb and I were trying to play co-op. Right. I launched using that upgrade, and I was like, oh, I'll test it out. I slide once. I'm like, no, I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. One of the other things that I like about this game is all the unlockables you can have. Yeah, that, like that's so cool. Every character has a, their own loadout, but then each mm-hmm. like skill can be replaced with a different skill, and
4: mm-hmm. it's cool to me because like when I did the objective to unlock the da- the slide, I'm like, oh, this must just be the better version of the dash. And no, they all seem like their trade offs, at least to me, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. I love trade offs in game design. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, It's cool to be able to weigh two things that you want and have to pick between them. Uh, Anyway, I I picked the Commando. I like that he's got kind of a... He's got an SMG, but it's not super close range. Like, the Bandit guy has a shotgun that's a little more close range, who I also played with and did enjoy. Um, But the Commando was good because I could kind of uh, really, like, backpedal all these enemies while spraying into them. And his two, like... Abilities that you use on cooldown were basically just like this one stuns and this one does flat uh, decent damage Mm -hmm. So uh, I was pretty much just able to mash on those two buttons while they were off cooldown
0: back pedal while shooting at a thing and uh, that was mostly my strategy. Yeah. And you don't need to get super complicated with the commando. Because, like, yeah. all of his stuff, while basic, is incredibly useful. What we talked about in our Into the Breach episode a long while ago is that sometimes the basic guy, like, you take the stuff that you can do for granted. Like, like in, yeah. in Into Being the Breach. able to attack s- in front of you. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, all of these guys can do all this crazy stuff. But what about, what if an enemy appears right in front of me? What, what do I do when that Well, happens? I can shoot ice two tiles over his head. yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed playing around with the basic guy. I tried the bandit a little bit, Um. Mm-hmm. which I I really love the idea to make him always crit from behind. That is mm-hmm. so cool. And then being able to vanish on command with uh-huh. your, your cooldown is awesome, especially for bosses and stuff. You just uh, dash behind him and then just shotgun.
1: <laughs> if you're jumping while you do the, the dash, too, he gets like a little bit of lift. Yeah, yeah, and like when nice. you come
4: out of it, I think you have a little jump too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a pseudo double jump almost. That's pretty cool. It's, I, I yeah. like that. Yeah, it's I really, was using I, that
1: for movement more than I was using it on enemies.
4: Yeah, that guy was super fun. I went back to the commando though, just because it was I had more experience with it mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, but this game definitely the biggest thing that stood out for me, beside from the fun factor of like jumping around, air dodging, spraying, and uh, into all these enemies, is the. Like absolute ton of items you got. This really mm-hmm. hit my uh, Binding of Isaac brain where it's like, oh, this rules because I have a bunch of things.
0: It's, it's, it's very much <laughs> a game about snowballing. Like, yeah, I'm becoming a
4: a weird unkillable god, yeah. and like that. And you're gonna need to. That, that power curve <laughs> is so cool, um, and you can't. It, it seems to me, and I'm sure Adam, you'll probably get into this. You definitely can get overpowered, but the game balance is still there. You can't
0: mm-hmm. really. Because it takes time to get overpowered, and time <laughs> yeah. makes the game harder. I feel like that's their natural. It's, way It's a of really, it really
4: out. good push and pull. I really enjoyed being able to be greedy and, uh, you know, get this last couple of treasures while knowing that it, me- it means that the rest of the game will be harder for it.
0: Bosses are going to start spawning in on top of you <laughs> because you took too long.
4: <laughs> and I be had ten thought, of them. Um, mm-hmm. you, you corrected me on this when we were playing the other night, Adam. But um, I I thought that uh, because the difficulty scales on your HUD, it'll tell you it'll go from easy to hard, or easy, normal, hard, and then it just keeps going up. Uh, The last stage, it is just repeated, ha, 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 and it it will continue to scroll forever. Um, I didn't realize that that difficulty scaled up after it got there, so I'm like, oh, I'll just get to the end. That's fine. It's not going to get any harder. Yeah. Oh, but it and turns it, out it does. It does, in fact, continue to scale infinitely. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I hit the, I hit the top. I can afford to sit around. Yeah, It was
0: really funny uh, hearing you uh, hear that uh, revelation yeah. once we were there. So
2: at a
4: certain point, you would just start getting
2: into levels, and you'll have, like, 15 different, like, of the giant stone golem boss yeah. that <laughs> shoot lasers at you, and they all, like, are buffed to, like, <laughs> hell and back.
0: That's so good. So good. The lasers are tracking you, Everything and they're exploding. Everything will one- one-shot you. Yeah. I,
4: I really love this game is like super hectic. I don't know if we touched on it really. Yeah. you uh, enemies will spawn around you in kind of a kind of a consistent tick, like you'll get, oh, here's an enemy spawn. you'll deal with them and then you'll have a couple seconds to go grab a chest and then uh, some more enemies will spawn. Which
0: means that if you also choose to not deal with the enemies or you don't notice they're there, they can, uh, the enemies can really start <laughs> yes. piling up.
4: Or if you accidentally like interact with a thing that starts a combat trial. It's like, oh no, now there are another 30 guys mm-hmm. on us. <laughs>
0: or let's say you start the teleporter, but you didn't, you didn't clear out the enemies that were already there before you started the teleporter. Yeah. So the teleporter, by the way, is how you move from one section of this game to the next.
4: Yes, you'll power it up where you have to fight a boss that's randomly determined. It seems like they get harder as you go. But I don't know. I found the magma guy... Like, on the first stage and on the last stage.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, but, uh, and then you have to, like, after you beat the boss, or while you're still fighting the boss, you have to wait for it to power up.
0: Mm-hmm. I would usually... You have to stand within the radius. Yeah,
4: I would usually kill the boss before it powered up, mm-hmm. but I guess that depends. <laughs> that, that
2: depend That really just depends on, like, the amount of garbage that's going on <laughs> in the teleporter zone. Yeah. Because... Like you, you could theoretically just stand in the teleporter zone the entire time. Of course, there's a very good chance that if there's enough enemies around, you will die before the teleporter yeah. finishes charging. So, <clears throat> there is reason to like exit the teleporter zone just so you can clear out some of the chaff, so you can get back in
4: and start charging. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, unless
1: it's one of the uh, beacons you have to activate on the moon, and you have, you have to, to be in it, it. the yeah. entire time. Yeah,
4: yeah. Um,
1: or it goes back to zero. But which yeah, is a no,
4: fun I inversion. I really really like like the the um killing enemies as they pop up to get money to open the chest that you find around curve is so good and then to get an item that will usually help you out is like so was so addicting for me i really liked um you know being like oh i need an extra 50 dollars to unlock this chest that i found across the whole map so it's like oh okay i'm going to remember that that's there or try and find it again Uh, And then waste another five minutes in this level and let the difficulty get higher. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Um, And sometimes it's like, because um, the exit teleporter to get to the next zone is something that you have to find in the level. Sometimes you won't find it for 10 minutes, which happened to me a bunch.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there was one point on on like my first run where I really could not find the teleport and i was like does it always spawn mm. like, for me what, did it glitch out for
4: me it was underneath a bridge in a place that didn't like it was half clipping into the wall i'm like this yeah. doesn't
0: seem right <laughs> i try and like uh, my my metric which did not always work for me was i'm like okay the teleporter needs enough space to spawn the boss around it so i was looking for areas that were slightly <laughs> open or had a big enough platform to do right it didn't always <laughs> work that way well that wasn't always a reliable way of yeah choosing that
1: but as adam said you can actually find the teleporter by looking for red sparkles yeah on there's the screen, like these weird, weird red sparkles in the air mm-hmm. that you can I see. see i'm them.
2: i don't know if they like will show up if you have your settings set too low i feel like that's something that they probably would have thought about mm-hmm. i was definitely case. getting them mm.
4: But, yeah, yeah, no, and then it's another thing where it's like, oh, in five minutes you could find the teleporter, and you could feasibly just, or less than five minutes, uh, uh, you could find it right away and be like, oh, I could just go on to the next stage. But, of course, in in my experience, I would never do that because I want to keep looting all, all the stuff I could possibly find. Yeah, the key find.
1: to most roguelikes is you want to get all the cool shit before uh, yeah. you go to I want to take level.
4: everything that's not nailed down in the zone and then move yeah. on to the next one to do the same thing. <laughs> um, but, no, I had a blast with this. I... This might be, besides Isaac, maybe my favorite roguelike we've done for the show. Mm. Oh, nice. Uh, I really, really liked the difference in perspective. I think that it brought so much different, fun, fresh gameplay to this. I love jumping dodging and shooting around in 3d it is one of my favorite joys in video games so yeah uh, the fact that this let me do a lot really of that, take advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: unless you count outer wilds which eh,
4: no uh, no I don't. no it's no,
1: like no. not the same thing you're change. Dying. i, I no. said unless if. But well, why would you why, why even you bring it because up? you die over and over again you have to that's start that's not the same work. thing listen i said if okay um th- this is the first uh, 3d roguelike we've done
4: yeah, they I don't. Sh- I don't really know of that of many. I yeah, but there aren't, I think aren't, there aren't per actually. Minute, too
1: many. Or, yeah, bullets per minute. Yeah, bullets oh, per that minute.
4: One. Oh, I got to play that. Yeah,
2: that that's a rhythm roguelike. Sorry right. if you okay. want to...
1: So it's Necrodancer 3D, but it's in like <laughs> Valhalla.
2: Yeah, uh, and th- I think there's another uh, sort of rhythm roguelike that they're doing. Uh, that's not bullets per minute. It's not a sequel to bullets per minute, but it's pretty much the same concept <laughs> it is the same concept you know it's like heavy metal just straight up nice. inspired stuff i think they they actually did get uh the lead singer for uh crush 40 s- crush 40 and that's pretty what hard. really <laughs> and system of a down oh wow they, wow. they might have got Crush Forty. i don't well, know about Crush for Forty. yeah um <laughs> <what the laughs> you were hell? you were so happy right now no i'm not
1: i'm, I'm <laughs> surprised because they're like a, a he's like I, a specifically I, you, sega thing
2: I, I, you, you said know. a thing, and then my brain immediately went, singer? yes. Is he? He, he does um, sing on a lot of things. But yeah, but
4: so uh, I almost made it to the end of this video game. I died in the zone of where the ship is, uh, which <laughs> was absolutely heartbreaking uh, to be that close to winning this. I, I, I said um, when I was complaining about this that I'm counting it as a win. <laughs> it's official. Um, I really, really liked the last stage of this game. I think it is super oh, yeah. cool. Um, you do a really
0: great job of upping the stakes.
4: We were talking about it a little bit when we uh, got on to do co-op, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I the uh, the moon stage of this game really in like color palette, atmosphere, and some of the enemies really reminded me of nier automata in a very good way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's like a very muted, like kind of stark white. Uh, it's hard to describe the architecture, but it's
2: it's like almost a brutalist kind of yeah. like a very utilitarian architecture like just <clears throat> squares I agree with and
1: that. yeah that's brutalist
2: squares and like
4: concrete yeah, almost very cool made uh, uh, moon rock that stage is a little different than the rest of them because you have to light up four pillars yeah
2: you have to light up four pillars and then that will power uh these jump pads which would then send you up on top of this big sort of gigantic tower Mm-hmm. Where you fight the final boss.
3: Yeah. Really massive scale. Yeah.
4: At this point, when I got there the first time, I was rolling. I was like, oh, man, this is really... Good. I, like, I have a good build. It's hard right now. You know, it's the max difficulty. But I am I I have not had any trouble. I got a really good item that made it so it converted all of my HP to shields. Which um, sounds like a trade-off, but actually just was better. <laughs> at least in my experience. Um, if you don't get hit, it'll regenerate real fast. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I uh, went up against the boss. I'm like, oh, cool. All right. This is a guy with a hammer. He's got some pretty well telegraphed attacks. Like, I thought that this guy was an absolute pushover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it uh, went into a second phase where it was a bunch of enemies that all shared a health bar that I had to kill. I don't know if that changes. Um, no. No, that's the same every time. Okay. Yeah. Uh And then uh, the guy just comes back and you have to fight him again, but he's powered up.
0: And um, he sucks up all of your abilities.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's the final phase. That's the uh-huh. final phase. And would, you have would, to fight him, or at least, like, chill out. Uh-huh. It seemed like I didn't really have to shoot him too much. But you no. have to basically survive without
0: all of the equipment that you had. All the stuff that got
4: you <laughs> up to that point. Yeah.
0: But the more you shoot him, the more of your stuff comes back, which yeah. is incredibly satisfying. It felt
4: like a cool victory lap to me. I don't know if that part actually is supposed to be hard or not. but I, um, if On certain runs, it
2: can be hard, especially if like stacked yourself up to insane <laughs> levels because yeah. mm-hmm. then he he gets all the buffs from the items that you have yeah as well right so
0: so uh, if he has a bunch you of know i had moves. a bunch of like helpers that were attached to me <laughs> through items and they were they started to go on him and i'm like oh uh, fuck now i gotta fight funny. these guys i gotta deal with these guys
4: <laughs> but like that boss gauntlet felt super good because i like was uh i had enough buffs and abilities and stuff where i felt like absolutely able to tackle all of it but it was funny that it was a, a triple phase final boss fight uh, and I was like, again, again, another guy. I was, my nerves were so high. Cause I'm like, I'm about to beat this video game and this rules, <laughs> but I managed to do it after that. There's an escape sequence where they give you like five minutes and they say, get back to your ship. Uh, I got back to my ship, but died before I could take off in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was, like, posting about it. He was like, oh, fuck I'm standing this. inside and my like, ship.
4: Why isn't it going? I was, like,
1: trying to figure out why that would have happened. I
4: guess too many enemies followed me there, probably. Yeah, yeah so there's, you, there's it like wasn't this,
1: charging up your, your There's meter. this
2: charging zone around it, same with, like, all the teleporters. Yeah, But this time you got to keep
4: enemies out of the charging yeah, zone. Yeah, that, that was my issue. I yeah. had led too many guys there, <laughs> and then they killed yeah. me. Um and
2: then the worst part is like the entire moon is exploding the entire time. Yeah. So it's like you're taking damage from that, like you got enemies shooting at you, attacking you, and it's like, oh god.
4: Yeah. But that like the you process know. of getting to the end of this game was super fun. I really liked that last stage. I um think that it just kind of is luck of the draw, which areas you get in the lead up to that. Mm-hmm. Um I
1: But is it it's normally one of two things you could get?
2: Uh, one, yeah, one of two things
4: normally. Yeah, I, and I kind of felt like I was trying to, I I was starting to get an idea of like what the layouts of some of these zones would be, which is good because I like, I like being able to learn that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's it for me. I really enjoyed this game. (laughs) All
0: right. Um, Adam, I'm going to throw it to you because I want you to talk about playing co-op with us because that was something that was, uh, kind of a different experience and we all played it alone before doing the co-op. Yeah. So the deal with co-op in this game is
2: it's a lot simpler than the first game, as I said, because you got to like, in the first game you had to port forward and then you had to manage
0: to have trouble with it. There is this really crazy concept (laughs) called lobbies in this one. Yeah, it's
2: like, wow, you create a lobby and then you can just invite people into it. That one of the main yeah. selling points of Risk of Rain 2 is that you didn't have to port forward to play <laughs> yeah, multiplayer. Sure. So that oh, was, yeah.
1: that's crazy that it's a selling point in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Well that stuff sucks. Every, uh, every, every but
0: Nintendo thing. has a really hilarious thing on their website if you uh try if you look up why your Splatoon might be having a bad connection. And it's like open every single port and you like it's just like open ports one to sixty thousand and it's like what excuse me? Like Maybe why do we need that? <laughs> why why is Splatoon trying to access the email port? Like what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. And then with
2: multiplayer in uh, Risk of Rain 2, it's, I mean a lot of the loot and enemies both scale with the amount of players in the game. So like, yeah, I was classic. curious if there were more chests.
1: How many but I guess people, that makes sense. How many people can you have?
2: I think there's a maximum of, I, I do not know off the top of my head. I think it's between either six or
1: eight okay
2: but that's ab- great above, oh man like above four it starts to get really
4: messy because that um, people start fighting over Lou yeah and we then...
1: were already kind of like teasing at, each other about at it four pe- yeah. at four people
4: yeah. i was feeling it definitely it's like yeah. oh i want to open this chest but it has already been taken <laughs> or i will take it from one of you guys which is what <laughs> happened mostly yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. um I, I i had it happen at least once where i opened a chest and then one of you ran by and <laughs> snagged <laughs> the thing was so pretty. i'm going Yoink. for it um you saying that, Adam, real quick, reminded
4: me of um, there is a uh, co-op mod for Half-Life 2. Oh, uh, And they just host it on, like, Valve servers. So you can have, like, 24-player co-op <laughs> Half-Life 2. <laughs> oh, my God. That's insane.
1: Like, Are you all Gordon Freeman? Sure. Yeah,
4: you can do it.
0: In Ravenholm, um, you've you got to have more co-op players <laughs> than enemies, right? <laughs> but
4: the, I, That is just, like, game. so funny to me to play a game like this with eight people. It seems just, like, insane. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and and as a result of having more people, enemies get both more numerous and more tanky. Yeah, so
4: I definitely th- noticed it when we were playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so oh, yeah, um,
1: I was dying all over the place, but I was also trying a couple characters that I didn't really vibe with. But then still, when I did Huntress, I was doing better, but I kept dying. Like, yeah, I think it
4: was definitely for me. It was like oh, playing solo for a good like five hours or so, I felt like I knew. I kind of had a feeling You've for the difficulty curve. Yeah. Like it's like oh, okay, this is what the you know, the last couple difficulties feel like. And I felt that so much earlier when we were playing yeah. together. It's, <laughs> uh, it, was uh, it does faster. encourage
0: sticking together because going off on your own is a good way to get mobbed. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That
1: happened to me. Or I would think I cleared everything out and then something like lasers me from the back and I <laughs> die instantly.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so, Safety in numbers, both for the enemies and for you, is mm-hmm. pretty much the rule
4: for uh, yeah, and multiplayer. I, so very mercifully, if you die on a stage, you get brought back on the next stage. So assuming that one of you can live, uh-huh. <laughs> you can keep the run going. Yeah.
2: If one of you can clutch it through the teleporter event,
4: yeah, you'll... Mm-hmm
2: keep
0: going
4: yeah of course the downside being that you can't collect any items on a stage if you die right at the beginning
3: <laughs> also
0: yeah. if uh, if you get disconnected through the seam server oh, and uh, right. it happens in the middle but all right, all right. <laughs> no, no, you know what? i'm not even gonna talk about it it's not worth it um yeah. but anyway i something that i thought was really fun about uh playing this game co-op was that we all chose different characters on the run that i was uh, a part of yeah. and it had very different play styles on the runs
1: that you weren't in yeah
3: yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. We yeah. pretty much stuck to our guns
0: so that made it more exciting to kind of, like, see how different characters are dealing with these problems that are all right in front of you and, and uh, kind of working from a different framework. Like, uh, would you, I can imagine, we didn't do it, but I can imagine going like, okay, I just unlocked a chest that has this ability. Who would it be the best for? Yeah. Right, like kind of uh, like, especially splitting if you, resources. If you
4: played this game a ton, it's like, oh, I know that this guy would work well with this ability.
0: Or if you're playing on Monsoon. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, mm-hmm. we're dealing with the most, the worst odds here, so <laughs> let's try and min-max ourselves a little bit.
2: Yeah, and certain characters definitely uh, vibe a lot better with specific items. Mm-hmm. There's one character, the Engineer, mm-hmm. where he can summon these stationary turrets. Oh, I have which, to get that. That, yeah. that sounds great. Yeah, and which works...
1: Wait, i played TF2 before. I know! <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, why I, that's,
4: <laughs> I went there, so...
2: <laughs> yeah, it's basically just TF2. You like set up your mm-hmm, turrets, and then up. you just create a camp where you're like, sit down, (laughs) I'm going to lead the boss
4: right into this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
2: but he works really well with things like the bustling fungus, which uh, Mm -hmm. is an item that causes you to create this healing zone when you're stationary. Oh, Mm -hmm. so you can like basically set up this area where your turrets are very much immortal Mm -hmm. and they're currently killing everything around you.
4: Oh, that's so fun. Uh,
2: other characters they work better with like uh, having lower cooldowns on certain abilities mm-hmm. all that stuff there's definitely like situations where if you see an item mm-hmm. it's going to be like oh hell yeah i'm on this
4: character this mm-hmm. works really
0: well yeah, it's going to be perfect for me
2: and another situation was like why did i have to get this item <laughs> yeah
4: <laughs> i i definitely was already kind of thinking cuz you can fall backwards into some synergies just by collecting a bunch of stuff and mm-hmm. being like like oh wow cool that works together um the one that came to mind for me when i was playing as the bandit who always critical hits from behind it's like oh any item i pick up that does something on crit it's like oh perfect i do that Mm -hmm. all the time by default as part of my character right (laughs) my Um, favorite
1: was the incendiary effects um because i i would get the one where things blow up on mm, kill yeah so they set everything around them on fire and (laughs) then i had um a ton of gasoline Mm -hmm. and a ton of like other shit like that and i had like yeah yeah, i had like times 16 my incendiary effects and it was great (laughs) everything just died almost immediately everything was on fire
2: there's actually another character in the game that like does fire damage by default oh So, so that's great so if you get like the uh fire damage bonus
0: item on her she would be noting everything around her, which is absolutely insane. That's very good. So how was it uh, playing with a bunch of newbies? Did you feel like you were babysitting us, or was it more like uh, a, more like a fun time?
2: It, it was a fun time, yeah, I'll be honest. You had cause... your setup going. Yeah, yeah that's I, I had my setup going. I was Mario like, of Death. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I feel like one of the great things about Risk of Rain 2 is that it's one of those games that, like, most people can pick up and play, and they understand what's going on.
1: It's the pretty easy go. to get the hang of I think it quickly. Yeah, there's a difficulty curve, but there isn't that much of a learning curve. I think yeah.
4: if you know how to jump around and shoot in a video game, yeah, you you're, you're your already man. pretty much there. There yeah. are
2: certain characters where it's like, okay, yeah, I need to this have this mindset. Like, yeah. once again, with engineers, like, all right, I got to find a good spot to put down to set up? <laughs> yeah, I got to find a good camp
0: spot. You're up uh, in a sentry. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. Uh, I, yeah. I think that that's... Um, I think that uh, when seeing that empty character select when I first booted up the game, I'm like, oh man, I want all these guys. Like, where, where, where yeah. I want to find all it's these?
2: Like, guys. It's like it's like one of
0: the fighting games where yeah. it's like,
2: oh shit, I have to unlock this guy. Yeah, look at all those house.
0: question marks. I want to know what those weird guys do. Uh, uh, yeah, me um, too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, by the end of uh, my play session, I had uh, I had six characters, wow, uh, nice. and um, you, for you get one for just beating the game. You get the captain. Uh, who yeah. is interesting and weird. Wish I got him. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get him next time, champ. Um, no, and uh, my my favorite ended up being one of those un- unlockables. So uh, my experience with this game, uh, w- first off, I would like to say, was a little bit colored uh, by uh, hearing Alex and uh, Seb talk about it when I was like at work, and I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to get home and play this game. <laughs> but I'd already been playing it for a little while. I started over the weekend. Um, I did... I did according to uh Steve, according to risk of rain 2 i did 20 runs of the game wow uh, and um
1: i felt very smug about it no this. you should be
0: uh so uh, yeah so seb is very lucky so seb won uh oh, yeah, boy. yeah. <laughs> seb won on attempt number 2 and uh
4: yeah i my like best run was super early too I i want to say it was like number 6 for me
0: where i got uh to the very end of the game and then did
4: <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah
1: um
0: so i, I played like tw- 20 runs of this game i played most of them as a uh, commando on normal and then i mm-hmm. started playing as huntress and then i started i was like oh you know what maybe i should move this to, to easy and i did uh, or drizzle as the game goes because oh, it's specifically fun. saying for you know the rain for new <laughs> yeah. players like and i'm like i'm new i'm new player i should probably use this um and uh i i got i started to get the hang of the game pretty quickly the thing that uh was, like, you know, like, the, the movement of this game and dodging projectiles was the the fun, the most fun part Absolutely. of this game to me. Like, like, kind of weaving in and out of stuff to the point where, like, when enemies would spawn, I would, like, instead of, you know, keeping focused on my original goal, I would stop and fight them, which was a problem because then I would let the difficulty get up way too high. Uh-huh. Um... But, uh, no, of course, I don't have to do this, but I, I, was, I was having a good time yeah, with it. of course. Um, that guy's right there. He's got money. I'm yeah, going to shoot him. Yeah, absolutely. And then... Uh, don't take that out of context. Or yeah. <laughs> Somebody clip that. <laughs> but, no, uh, uh, sort of figuring out where teleporters were more likely to be and, stop, and I stopped taking the Fuel Array with me every time, uh, which was, was a big cause of a lot of deaths in my run. Because oh, yeah, the that. Fuel Array, uh, if you spawn as someone that's not um, multi... Then uh, you go around to the back of your escape pod and you can take the fuel array out. I never did this. Yeah. Well, I I, uh, saw the prompt to take it by accident. I'm like, oh, well, this has got to be important. But when you do take it, uh, uh, all right, hold on. Adam's making a face. What does it do? What does it actually do? The the, the fuel array,
2: well, first of all, the main uh, thing that it does is that at a certain life threshold, you would just die. It's 40%. It just detonates and kills you. Yeah. So this uh, so
0: I, this, like, I want to say ten of my runs were uh, me taking the uh, the fuel array with me and uh, dying when I hit forty percent health, uh, and it exploded on me. That explains a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But
2: then the secondary use for the fuel array is that if you manage to get it to the fourth stage, Mm -hmm. uh, one specific fourth stage that you have like a one in two, one in three chance of getting. Mm -hmm. Um, you can bring it up to this one robot that is disabled and you can give it the fuel array and that will unlock you a new character. Very uh, cool. Yeah. Huh. So, like, there's all these little sort of, like, things, these little secret things that let you unlock new characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I was talking earlier about that secret zone down uh, in the bazaar, in the item shop that you can go to. So,
0: I did uh, get the i did find one secret zone yeah i I found the one with the uh the the new shop or whatever yeah the the, big big axolotl yeah the big new yeah Um,
2: (laughs) yeah and if you go down to the bottom of that uh secret shop Mm -hmm. then you can find a portal that leads you to the this place called the void fields and then if you complete the void fields you unlock a second character and that's like
0: that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, well, now I know that if I ever find that again to go to... Uh, I love all let look, look at the I, bottom of the boundaries there. That's another yeah. one of those things that like hit my binding of Isaac
4: brain. I love that it's like...
0: I thought it was going to be like secret ending type shit because yeah. uh, my first thought upon seeing this fuel array, this thing that is a huge pain in the ass to take with you, takes up one of your extremely valuable slots, and... Uh, is, you know, right there for you at the beginning of the game. I'm like, "Oh, this reminds me of the key in Spelunky." So, like taking this with me, mm. if I t- intentionally choose to burden myself by taking this with me, it will get me something cool a later big on. Reward. Was, yeah.
2: It, it would be interesting if they made it so that. Well, I don't know if they actually did. Maybe they did. I don't know. It would be interesting though if you could take the fuel rate to the last level and then like just use it to immediately power the ship. Yeah, that would be That would be that now. would be a cool Skip idea. Skip the boss fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I Great. think that
0: that's a good idea. Uh, I mean, but like there are so many other things that, like, are going on in this game. Like, once I uh, let go of the notion that I had to bring this bomb <laughs> with me, like, I, I, I was uh, I'm having, this having bomb around. fun in this why game. Why do I keep dying? Yeah, why, Why? Uh, how, how can we keep lighting on fire? Is it because I lit myself <laughs> on fire? Is that why I'm dying? Um, but, I
1: got stuck in the purple zone on my first run, uh-huh. and I didn't realize it was killing me, and that's what ended my first run.
0: Oh, no. So... Uh, I ended up uh, enjoying the the Huntress's style of gameplay uh, with the kind of auto aim stuff going on, uh, but more specifically, having a super move like I thought was really great. Oh, having a super cool. move and a teleport um, mm-hmm. that were both uh, pretty useful. Uh, but uh, and that was the character that I got my first victory with. Um, but my favorite character in this game. Ended up being Multi, the little fucking Wally robot, E one hundred and two Gamma. I unlocked uh, this guy,
4: but didn't play as him. What What is his kit like? So,
0: for starters, he's slow as shit. His, yeah, his I really noticed slow. that when we were playing his, together. His sprint is really slow. <laughs> um, his His original primary is a nail gun that has short range but fires a lot, so which is good for triggering stuff like bleed. But part of Multi's gimmick is that he can switch between two primaries, and it also changes up your equipment slot which so you can have two equipment items where you usually you can only have one which is also why you're not allowed to get the fuel array when you're playing as multi, ah. because then you could just switch off of it uh, <laughs> if you okay. were, felt like you were about to die um, so the uh, you have the nail gun and that's your main primary and then if you press right bumper to switch right bumper on a controller uh, to switch you have this like kind of slow slowish uh charging sniper shot that's almost like a railgun thing where it, it it's like a, a laser that does a decent amount of damage but takes a while to like in between shots.
2: Yeah, you are just shooting enemies with rebar with that thing. Yeah, it's cool the rebar puncher is
0: this oh, what it's yeah, called. Yeah. And um you've also got a stun bomb and a uh travel mode where you like crunch down into a little cube like a block. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. speed and then you ram into the enemy for a lot of damage. Oh, that's fun. Um, when the
2: when the game first came out, one of the more popular builds was to just stack as much speed as possible on multi, uh-huh. so that when you entered uh, transport mode, just go flying across the map and into, and into an enemy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely.
0: Because the damage does increase with speed, I believe. Does yes, it? it does. Oh, that's yeah. sick. Um, and so I love this character. I love the like uh, the kind of hot weapon swapping. Um, the, uh, like the, the, the just abilities seem to really naturally go into each other for me more so than any other character I had unlocked. Even the bandit with the, the turning invisible and, uh, tech yeah. like for stuff. Did wow, you cool. switch a lot between your
4: weapons? because that it'd be
0: something that I would pick one and stick to it. Well, I, I, I use <laughs> the, the, the nail gun was my most of the time thing, but there are a lot of enemies where they will, they, they like the kind of floating skulls. They will, they will kind of ha- harass you from a different distance. Yeah. So like it's worth it to me. To switch to like take out a yeah. couple of those. Or later on in my run that I won with multi, I started getting a lot of abilities that's like upon doing a certain amount of damage in a single oh, attack, it's this like, triggers. Oh, so <laughs> So it's like, okay, so now I switch to the rebar puncher and I shoot them, and then all of a sudden a giant fire tornado appears around them. And that fire tornado <laughs> detonates a bunch of other shit and it activates the Hell Tron yeah. laser disc that I have on my shoulder <laughs> to go out and kill them. And I felt legitimately invincible by the time I was Bat on rolls. the final stage uh because I had a bunch of you know bleed and burn and and uh, all these all slow effects that would, I could uh, st- stack all of those at once with the nail gun then switch to the rebar puncher and do a bunch of burst damage and by that point if they weren't dead then I had many other ways of, <laughs> of, of like doing damage to them all, all my yeah. abilities that were on cooldown and all this extra stuff like this character felt so different to me from the Commando or the, uh, or the Huntress or um, the, the Bandit or the Captain. Like, all, so different from all this stuff. A slow robot on squeaky wheels yeah. that is shooting a short-range thing that, that I turned you. into, you know, an unstoppable killing machine mm-hmm. by the end. And I had a blast with this. I think that it does something that no other roguelike that I played or really no other game that I've played— has truly uh, given me just this feeling of like swapping between entire movesets like it's fucking Street Fighter 4 Gen, but not <laughs> being nearly co- as complicated and yeah. uh, still opening up the opportunity. I would also like to say that this game very clearly takes a lot of insp- influence from Prog Rock. Uh, well, I mean, for starters, of course, the soundtrack it Boy, goes, yes. it goes there. But... Every stage looks like a prog rock album cover. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, I was going to talk about the art art direction with the game at
2: it's one point because yeah. like cool. I do very much enjoy like the direction it is, went.
4: It is alien in a way that a lot of games set on alien planets aren't. Yeah, it looks like it's not made for you. Which yeah. a lot which I like. of prog
1: rock um, concept albums tend to be on alien planets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we've done two of those with Seb. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Seb. Why don't you talk a little bit about the art direction and your own experience with the game?
1: Yeah, um, I'll be short about my own experience. We've talked at length about the mechanics, um, and the mechanics are very good. Um, (laughs) I I like to go fast. Came away
0: pretty positively.
1: Yeah, um, I think there's a character for everybody. I like to go fast, and I like to go up. (laughs) <laughs> so um, Huntress yeah, is very good for me. Is
4: there anybody who can fly out of the gate? Because that seems like a' maybe too strong to have somebody Oh she out. can't really
1: fly. She's got um, her special is like a, um, a rain of arrows and she'll jump first and oh, then okay. All right. do it. But
0: it's like you don't have to be on the ground to do it so you I can like, like be it in the be air I feel
1: like would be way too falling. broken to be able to, to like, yeah. just fly.
2: I, I, I would There's use a character it as, that can hover but
4: yeah. she can't fly Because I had an equipment that I w- would get pretty often that was just like a pretty short cooldown but you just press it to fly. And I was like, oh, this rules. Oh, yeah. It's the, the good. Oh, or whatever yeah. The, the something I would use Christmas. it on like every boss so that I could just like fly above them and shoot down. Huh.
1: <laughs> um, I would get the, um, there's one that basically gives you a moon jump. Um, and then you can slam down into do a really good... Really
4: cool ability. Oh, yeah. I don't think one. I
0: found that one. Um, one of the interesting things about that one is that the higher you are when you start the slam, the more damage it does. Of course. Like yeah. any good yeah. slam. Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
2: <laughs> you could, in theory, just Goomba stomp a boss
1: if yes, you wanted. Yeah. absolutely. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, that, that was really good. By the time I got to the end of my second run, which was on easy... Um, which I did That's because. That's fine. You I, still
4: beat the game. I yeah, didn't. I beat
1: the gun. <laughs> I beat the game. Um, you got
4: the experience you
2: wanted.
1: Yeah, um, and I got there, and it brings you to this. As Adam was talking about, this very brutalist alien planet, it's called Commencement. It doesn't have like Ooh. a zone name like they have on the other ones, which is like Sky Meadows. And, and a it takes Field. your allies
0: away from you at least for like 10 seconds. You get up the stairs and they're there. But I do th- I find that very funny. Yeah. Uh,
1: you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> you're like,
0: oh, no, my tools are taken away from you. You get upstairs and they're like, no, we were waiting for you. It's oh, fine. Yeah. So we put all your tools um, so at the top of the yeah, stairs. Yeah,
1: you go up there. <laughs> um, and I think it's the same layout every time. Yeah, it's yes. mostly the same layout every um, time. Yeah, it, it just feels very final. Even if you don't know anything about the lore of the game, which I <laughs> vaguely knew some stuff because um, my first experience with the game was I go to my parents every week to do laundry and eat food. Um, and so I'll watch it. The Adam only time a game. week you get to eat food, right? Yeah, I don't eat any other <laughs> time. I mean, these guys actually make fun of me for having no food in my fridge, which is true. Um, so uh, yeah, so I'll go over there. Adam will be playing a game. I'm like, what you playing? Normally it's Warhammer or Poe or um, Noida. But uh, one time he was playing Risky Rain and uh, said, hey, you should do that for podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did. Um, But I was watching him play it. And and I like it when Adam goes on tangents about games he plays because he'll tell me the craziest fucking lore. Like I'd, he'll uh, he'll tell me the lore for Sky Skyrim and he's like yeah so the Khajiit, they can actually just be a normal fucking cat or a wear cat or whatever cat but it depends on like
0: uh, they're just like Zone Devil for yeah it depends ones. on the moon the
1: moon phase <laughs> they're I born under but they're Skyrim. all sentient cats
0: yeah the, uh, I am in fact
2: a huge lore nerd I am sorry uh, yeah
1: wow. <laughs> or um the Khajiit, right. like got so high they went to the moon
2: this is like legitimately that's it? true lore.
4: Uh, famously the guy who wrote a lot of Skyrim yeah. yeah. or uh, Elder Scrolls lore was so high he went to the moon also. yeah that's true. <laughs> Uh,
0: there's a, there's a, interesting story to go look up, look up go look up how Morrowind was written and you'll have a great that, time that yes. Todd
1: Howard took when he went to the guy's house um, but uh, yeah so Adam told me the lore and he's like yeah so there's these two brothers and this happened this happened and this one got, got vanished to the moon and now he's the king of nothing and I was like what Whoa, Whoa. that's hardcore yeah <laughs> Um. So that that was all very cool. So I kind of vaguely remembered that, and I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna fight the Moon Brother."
3: <laughs> so you do. You fight, you the, moon do brother, fight the Moon Brother. Moon uh, Brother.
1: And he's very cool. He has four phases. Um. Mm-hmm. And. It wasn't particularly hard, but he did have me on my toes a lot more than the other ones did, um, especially yeah. with that chain move where he like slams down. There's like all the chains that come over, but because I had the moon jump and I was very fast, I was pretty much never on that ground. The for one the that whole fight
4: the the slam that he does where it's like a rotating energy thing caught oh, me a couple times. Yeah, I think I don't that's know. what I'm referring to yeah. because
1: it looks like chains. Oh, all right, okay. They're like, like, like It's like like big
4: vertical slats that you have to sit in the middle of let it rotate. I don't know uh, if it's Oh no,
1: we're we're referring to different Probably ways. different. Yeah,
4: yeah. Th- that was, it like was a It was like a schmuck pattern. pattern. <laughs> I oh, I, okay. I can <laughs> see
2: like I now that I'm thinking about it, I can see the chains like yeah. Yeah, yeah, the visual effect of it, but no yeah, yeah.
1: but he, he's very cool and then um the the phase where he takes all your stuff and he's just yeah. kind of like he's not even that it's scary because he just took your stuff and now he's lumbering yeah. around like an insane person, but he doesn't really do much in that phase he like
2: shoots uh orbiting projectiles once a s st- once every like
1: yeah 10 seconds it made me feel
4: like it, you know i it's definitely a thing like oh you could definitely die to it if you weren't careful mm-hmm. but for me it, it read like it reminded me of the like end of super metroid where it was like oh this is supposed to be a, a dramatic feeling thing not yeah, necessarily that's I about that. a something that uh is too dangerous
1: yeah, that's how I felt. It was very atmospheric, and it did give me that, like, dread, but not for my character, not for, like, my run, but, like, a dread about, like, God, that guy's fucked up. Um, so, yeah, i yeah, have He's I'd been be him... stuck
2: on the moon for, like, thousands of years. Yeah. What do you yeah. expect?
1: Um, so, that, I think that did was more cool. more stuff. Yeah. yeah what? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing up <out> there. <laughs> he's the king of nothing. That's
3: why. Yeah, 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 yeah. All his um, hits.
1: But what I, what I liked about that like the whole story was you don't really need we did talk about you don't really need the story in this in this roguelike it doesn't um force it down your throat unless you want to read all the logs which there are many um it's just kind of like it could be a vibes game or you could know the lore and the lore is really cool um and then there's also of course it gives
0: you the choice to engage with the story if you want to mm-hmm. Which is the good way to do yep. that. I yes. also really like that it doesn't tell you the backstory of the character you're playing as until you beat the game with them, which is a very cute little thing. The
1: log for the huntress has like a blurb about like, yeah, she was the greatest huntress and she was blotted mm-hmm. up. But then it says, and then she got shot. And presumably the huntress you're playing is the one that shot that one. And <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> oh, that the one that's, that's being described. That's fun. Yeah. Which just says, you're even better than that one. That's really <laughs> yeah. good.
4: I, that kind of reminds me of, like, if you do, like, a character's story mode in a fighting game
0: or something. Yeah, getting to, like, like, an arcade ending. Yeah. It's yeah, like, oh, uh, this I is the that. only
4: thing I know about Chun-Li. Yeah, is that she gets... <laughs> Ryu, <laughs> yeah.
0: For, the, for him, the battle is all that remains. It's him walking into the sunset. Yeah. It's like he's, like, not he's like not there at the awards ceremony because he's like, oh, it's I like, was here to fight. I don't oh, care yeah. about actually. Guile
4: yeah. flies off in a fighter jet. That's yeah. the thing I know about him. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, the the lore is pretty cool. Um, it's It's fun. It's not super dark but it is really cool like it's kind of dark like guy got banished to the moon but it's not like it's it's,
2: it's one of
3: those games dark.
2: that it's like uh so honestly of relatively low almost. stakes when you low like stake. like
0: when you realize uh when you see that beginning uh cutscene you're like distress beacon coming up if you're not familiar with the first game you're like might be like oh my god People like landed on this planet like is you know are they are they all gone are they do i have to is this a rescue mission or is this a survival thing um <laughs> is this but, like ftl where yeah, i've
4: doomed an entire yes yeah, civilization like what's going <laughs> on here i have to
1: go meet the rock it's people like, no and they kill no me. by the time
0: you're there the stakes are the stakes are very low eventually they used to be quite high but they're now they're pretty low <laughs> you're you're not responsible for a whole lot of what's going on on mm-hmm. these planets. Uh,
3: oh. but the,
2: the the stakes for this game aren't like oh man the world is doomed or you gotta get your like life er, you gotta get your life force back from this uh-huh. uh, evil necromancer dude <laughs> mm-hmm. it's uh, you're just trying to survive dude mm-hmm. you just want to get out of here
1: yeah. it's a
0: job for most of the characters you're playing as yeah mm-hmm. yep it's yeah. just
1: another job um, so yeah that was cool um, and then the art style I was really impressed by looking at the old sprite art which was very good and then what they did with a 3D the color palettes are just very like they they synchronize like with with the first game and and the second game um the color palettes translate really really well um and each zone has its very own color palette like color direction is really important in a lot of games and shows and movies don't get that Mm. um which so i really appreciate good strong color direction in a game
0: this is a pretty vibrant game oh yeah. yeah i would certainly say so The fact that you're, like, getting a blast of color every time you load Mm -hmm. into a new area is pretty great. And they all kind of have a different color palette. I don't know. I don't notice Mm -hmm. that stuff as
4: much as you do, an artist. So, But it it is like, oh, this, you know, the kind of first area is so blue. It's the cool,
1: lush forest. Yeah, um, blue and green
4: or, like, oh, this one is kind of red or tan. mm,
1: Which is what makes the the ending zone so much better is everything else has been, like, a lush or, like, just very Vibrant. um, vibrant, um organic environment even when you're like in hell um it's just very (laughs) vibrant yeah um and then you go to the moon and it's just oppressive and gray and straight lines and that that was just very good um so there's that the music very good i think we've discussed we discussed on um moonlighter i think what makes a good roguelike and we were like the music has to fucking slap and that game was like yeah it was
4: forgettable music Yeah. yeah
1: This game, great music. I, w- I had actually been listening to it occasionally before yeah. we were even going to play this oh, game. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, you
2: you telling me like I was like, I why been... didn't
1: you tell me this music slaps? And I was like, <laughs> well, uh,
2: because I don't know. I thought you already knew. Or maybe <laughs> I that's didn't an know. idea. I'm Sure,
4: some of it'll be in this episode.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh,
2: one of the one of the main ones people goes to is is the song that plays on the uh, uh, Wisp Fields or the whatever mm-hmm. fields they call it, um, which the title of the song. Uh, rain that was formerly known as purple which, <laughs> which yeah, i mean I it's a guy. silly name but it's also just a really good song it's yeah, like this, got that. this game
1: doesn't take itself too seriously it's cool and yeah. it knows how cool it is but it also knows when to be lighthearted and silly <laughs> uh
0: so um emily kept asking me this and i have to ask before we move into our closing mm-hmm. stuff uh where does the title risk of rain come from do you know Oh, no. no all right, all right. Oh, no. all right I do not know. <laughs> We'll scrap it, we'll scrap it. We're good. Uh,
4: yeah, I, I didn't really it's, it's a great evocative title. I didn't even really think about it. It's mm-hmm. like, oh no, this is what this is. I, I didn't don't think re- it rains so at all. I thought there, there, there are levels where it rains. that's the risk. You might get a level that where it rains. <laughs> yeah,
0: <but> the risk <laughs> is
2: that you might get a bit uh, you might get a bit wet. For okay. a long time, I had
0: confused this game with Rain World. Which is about uh, a planet where a very, very different game that where rain is a huge hazard to you Hmm. because it is a very much about surviving as a little animal Uh, and rain like can flood areas that you can't get to otherwise and all that shit. But like I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's got like it's probably got some like acidic rain thing that wipes the map or whatever. It's like, no, it's not.
3: No. No, no, no. Uh, yeah.
2: I think it's more cool like title. the idea of, like, I don't know, the enemies being the raindrops yes, or something. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's
4: more of a metaphorical rain, really. They, it, they are raining
1: down rain. on you. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is a, <laughs> a downpouring of enemies. It's, it's yeah, raining the, um, lizards and uh, skull faces. Yeah, the... <laughs> the it's um fucking wisps i think yeah. we
1: mentioned this but the difficulty settings are drizzle rainstorm or monsoon oh yeah
0: right
1: um, but we we were calling them easy medium hard yeah according,
0: according to a uh brief google search by me the uh <laughs> google, the title of risk of rain like uh needed. was meant to uh it was selected to uh, first it was so that the game could be easily searched online and secondly That's a, yeah yeah it came to allude to the concept of a single protagonist in a large game world, always worried about risk of failure or bad things happening. Nice. Well, there you go. Right. Yeah. Their whole
1: thing is just vibes. Like, they just yeah. wanted to write and and create vibes for the game, and it's very... It succeeds. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It succeeds in that. Yeah.
4: Um Real so cool. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay. I don't want to step in your thoughts anymore. No, no, One more thing I wanted to get in that I liked about the uh, bandit character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned most of their kit, but they have a revolver that they can pull out mm-hmm. where getting a kill with it resets all your cooldowns. Yeah. So it was incredibly cool to like, just... And, and it has a lot longer range than the shotgun that you have. So it's like, oh, there's a wisp over there. I'm going to skill shot him, and then I can... like. Dodge again and immediately go kill this other guy. It it mm-hmm. felt super good in the it combat. It leads rhythm. into
0: itself in a very uh, yeah. exciting way.
2: One one of the most exciting things to do is just keep spamming that ability. Just kill one kill, shot kill. wisps yep. every single yeah. time.
4: Yeah, it was so so fun to you know because you do like a stylish like pull the revolver out from behind you and bang. It's it's really good game feel. Anyway, that that came to mind. I would have been remiss not to mention it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Uh Adam, what did you think of uh being on here having all of us play this game you really like? Like what uh was it a good experience? I thought it was really cool.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm glad. No, um, uh, being being here was great. Uh being able to talk about one of my favorite games of all time pretty much was, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was great especially like having getting to get and play with all you guys and mm-hmm. just yeah. Just talking about it, just, you know, venting about it cuz <laughs> I feel like Vend- this game despite being wildly successful, just still doesn't get enough yeah, recognition. Yeah, I hadn't right. really heard,
4: I had heard the name of this game,
3: it's one but of those I did like not know anything about type it. Of thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, it got a lot of success because it was released back in
4: 2020 and that was when a uh, pandemic started mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. People It closed down. People and were people, looking for online games for sure. Yeah, I, I gotta know. Hard hitting question. How many hours do you have in this game? If you care to share.
2: Um, <laughs> I think around 200 at least. All um,
4: right, good, good. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, my, uh, like I've definitely gotten to the, the hour count where it's embarrassing in some games, but I, I can definitely see it happening in this one. Like this is, yeah. this is one where the, there's enough variance and yeah, enough, I'll, I'll um, come back to
4: play this, I think.
0: Cause like my successful runs were around an hour. Yeah. So I was around 45 minutes. If I was, getting to, point, on if I was one. getting to the point where I was doing successful runs often, like I feel like I would be racking those up really quickly. Yeah. Or even not successful runs. Let's say I make it to the end on a harder difficulty or whatever, and I die. That's still another 40, 50 minutes. Yeah. But anyway, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this episode. And if you would like an episode of your very own, you could send uh, your suggestion to us at pleasedon'tcast at gmail.com. And that is please don't cast at gmail.com. And if you were to suggest an episode, it might sound a little something oh, like do this. Do we get an email? Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. I already posted in Discord, so you may not. So oh, you may oh Yeah, it. I
4: don't know. I was doing that for the show mostly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this comes from a friend of the show, Greg. So uh, oh right right past guest yes, of the show past guest of the show friend of the show Greg who says show idea. Uh, y'all! I have an idea for a show. I'd love to guest and hey, join y'all. in on it with Greg you. Greg here uh, <laughs> disc golf and favorite food be- favorite fall beer. Wow. A yeah. double whammy.
2: Yeah, that that's that sounds like a good one. Yeah, disc
0: golf and beer go great together, and disc golf is the best in the fall. Let me know what you think. Do we call it dolph? No, because I'm going to call it dolph.
2: I mean, some people call it frisbee golf, so you can
0: call. Yeah, it I know. F- F- golf is
4: a little bit more of a thing, I mm-hmm. think. But I like dolph a lot. We'll get into it. We'll unpack <laughs> this. <laughs> Absolutely, I feel like there's a there's some factions here. We would be happy to have you on, Greg. Yes. I'm excited to do that. I
0: think so. Here's uh, something that uh, I I think that this is a great idea. I love uh, the seasonal episodes, and we jammed a lot we of summer. Have, we crammed a lot of summer ones in we this We always year. Yeah. go overboard with seasonal stuff. Uh, yes, but it's we, so we fun. certainly do. We, <laughs> we love to try and uh, live uh, briefly in the moment. That's right. Um, but uh, briefly off mic for a second, I want to ask uh, you two, Seb, and Alex about mm-hmm. for next week. So here's what I was thinking. I mentioned this uh, on the Discord a little bit. Um, we have our Halloween stuff coming up, but it's basically in two weeks. So oh rather God. than trying to cram, uh, like, you know, two more guest like, episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yep. So, would you like to just do two yep. more guest episodes? We'll burn two off our list because we have, two, they're starting to build up. Not
4: including this one? Two more. Yes. Okay.
0: So, so we're and I was thinking doing... that because we're doing, uh, because uh, in the interest of getting the, the seasonal one uh, done, we could tell Greg, we'll do yours in two weeks, okay. two weeks from now. Yes. Uh, so, if it'll be the last one of September. Yeah. Yes, if we can get them for that week. Um, But, next on... Hello, everyone. It's Late Night Nick here, recording after the edit on Monday night. There was a slip-up at the podcast factory this week. Instead of recording about Need for Speed Carbon next week like we had initially planned, logistical problems forced us to move to our next suggestion on the list. So next week, we'll be watching the Scorsese classic, The King of Comedy. Back to you, pass Nick. Mm, Um, We'll see. I think think it's available digitally. Uh, Whatever. Let me do a quick... No, I'll figure anyway. it out later. Bye. Yeah, all, right. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. End of podcast.